we have Brother Kamari. He's going to come up and share with us a challenge on what is spiritual renewal. As we prepare for the renewal conference. Okay. If you may turn with me to Psalms 51. No, yeah, it's 51. 10 through 12. Three verses. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Sorry, I wrote a few notes here. So it says, um, one of the many definitions of renewed is to give fresh life or strength to. As humans, we are naturally faulty. We seem to always be distracted from our new calling in life. As it said in verse 12, we need our joy restored. As Christians, it's easy for us to get complacent or think this place is our home. But we should never get comfortable here. Our eyes should be focused on the place of eternity where we will be in perfection and not desiring to do the things that we hate. To be renewed is to be reminded of what Jesus did on the cross. It's to remember and to be given the same joy you had when you first got saved. To be renewed is to remember our purpose, to be the Christians we set out to be and not the ones we are. Being renewed is always having our eyes on Christ. We will fall, but it's only by God's grace that we are even still here to fall. So, take back the joy you once had, serve God with the love you should have, and thank him for the renewal you will have. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's great. Thank you, sir. That's wonderful. Did you guys get that phrase? That was good. I think we're going to pirate that phrase from you, all right? I'm going to get to that. That's good. That's good. I think God's, you know, put his hand on our young men, and I thank God for them. And these three who have finished discipleship will be sharing, have shared with us, uh, Christian gets next week. And so Christian's challenges, he'll be challenging us next week at this time. What is spiritual renewal? All right, we have next week a very exciting, exciting thing. Now, at the Baptist Church, you have two ordinances. One of them is the Lord's Supper, which we did a few weeks ago. The other one is baptism. And we have two who have followed the Lord and trusted in Jesus Christ. And one has, has, did that many years ago, but had, never, uh, had not been baptized uh, again since then. And so baptized at a younger age, uh, but then trusted Christ later on in life and has not been baptized since. So one is like that. And the other one, trusted Christ recently. And you'll be hearing both those testimonies next week. And the baptism will be next Sunday in the service. Same Sunday, we're having our missionary here. So that's great. And we're going to have a missionary on our way to Oregon next Sunday with us. And so we're looking forward to a great baptismal service uh, following the service next Sunday. And I think it's great have a baptism in a church. I mean, people getting saved and following God, obeying God, and a church that doesn't have any baptisms, my friend, is a dead church, and we've been praying and believing God. We might see people saved and baptized and waiting upon God for that. Uh, ladies, your prayer, or your, uh, your Bible study, I wrote the wrong thing here, but ladies, Bible study, 5.30 for the next two weeks, so plan to be a part of that, 5.30 on Wednesday, uh, great time together around the Word of God. And... As we prepare for our spiritual renewal conference, I need your help today. All right, so everybody's got in front of you, you should have got one of these on the way in today, a little card. And it's not to be rocket science, it's just something to try to help you, okay? 
and help us. And so I need these from you at the end of the service, even if they're blank, okay? Even if you don't write anything on it, I want you to try to fill this out. And we already know probably if we'll be able to come or not. So, men, if you're going to come to the kickoff, which is April 2nd, uh, see, everybody's coming to the conference April 3rd through 6th, but we're having a kickoff. we got a special night with the evangelist, Saturday night, 6 p.m., our steak dinner with the men. And so if you're attending that and you're planning on attending, write the number that's attending. So uh, if, it's, if it's, for example, a family and there's multiple ones of you coming, write the number that for sure is attending in the, in the top blank. On the bottom blank, number of possible visitors. So you might say, you know what? I know, Pastor Dan, I will be there, but I have invited a couple of people, maybe 10 people, but I think one of them might come. So write one in the number of possible visitors. If that makes sense, that helps us to know how many people to prepare for, how many places to set, and what we need to do preparing for the men's dinner. On the back, it has, please check all that apply. This is where any of you men and ladies can be involved. Uh, would like to host a prayer meeting next week in my home or at the church. If so, write the day and time. So next week, what we want to do is prayer right here, either in the house of God, right here, or at your home. Now, if you want to do it in your home, my wife and I are going to, look, next week, we just kind of, on weeks like this for renewal conference, we put our schedule out like this, all right? And if you want to have a meeting at any time, we'll make sure we show up. One of us will be there. If it's a lady, my wife will be there. If it's a man, I'll make sure I'm there. And we will do our best to be there for any times that you would like to do it. So if you would like to host a prayer meeting in your home, or you'd just like to come to church and pray at a specific time, all right? At a specific time, just write the day and the time. So this is next week, all right? The week of the 27th following, or 28th and following. So anytime next week. You could even do it next Sunday if you would like. And then uh, I commit to pray for the renewal conference. So maybe, uh, maybe you just uh, won't be able to do that, but you say, you know what? I'd be able to pray on a daily basis, and I'm going to commit to do that. And then uh, maybe you'd just like to volunteer to help around the church uh, with maybe cleaning. And if that's something you'd like to volunteer to help with once a month, that's something we do as volunteers. My wife and I have done that for the last few months. Uh, we've done every week. And we were just wondering if anybody would like to help with us with that. And so if you're interested in helping, that would be wonderful. Even if one or two were willing to maybe help uh, once in a while, we'll give you either a code to get in or we can help me come meet you here to get you in. So uh, any of those that you're interested in helping with, I want to gather these up at the end of the service, okay, from you. Make sure you get your name, the number attending the men's dinner, and so that we know what we have to plan and prepare for. All right, I think that's everything. Let's get in the word this morning, John in chapter 12. John chapter 12. Good to have so many of you together with us today and Good to have, I know some of you drove a ways to get here this morning, and we got one that comes all the way from Patterson, New York. Would you raise your hand back there, Patterson, New York, right there. Janita drives all the way from Patterson when she comes and worships with us. And then we have one that came from Utica, right? Ethan, raise your hand over here. All right, Utica, is that the place? Yes? Canastoga. Hmm? I don't even know where that, it's over there that way, right? And so... I think those are the furthest drivers to church today, all right? We're glad that each of you are together this morning. Let's go to John chapter 12 and verse 23. And many of you are offering to help also on Monday through Wednesday with providing food at 6 p.m. And if you would like to help with any of that food, some of our ladies have already offered to help. If you'd like to help, just let us know and we will plan accordingly, all right? Uh, the privilege of serving Jesus, John 12, and let's go beginning. We're going to read through the passage. Our central verse today is verse 26, but let's begin in verse 23. 
Bible says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto the life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there also there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it. Let's pray together and ask God to use his word to challenge our hearts this morning. Father, take your word, I pray, and, and illuminate our minds. Cause us to see your word and to see Jesus for who he is. And as Brother Kamari shared a moment ago about renewal, it's truly seeing Christ for who he is, that we might see you and that our lives might be strengthened. And Lord, it's a privilege to serve you. It's not just a mere duty. It's not just a, a trial, Lord. It is a delight to know and follow you. And I pray that you would help each of us to get involved and get in our place. And I pray for any in the room who have not yet put their faith in Jesus Christ, that they would call upon your name and be saved, that you would cause them, Lord, to turn from their sins to the Savior. And we thank you for your great love, that you're ready to receive the prodigal. You're ready to receive whoever will come unto you by faith. We're asking you to work. We're asking you to stir our hearts. For it's in Christ's name we do pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. It's a privilege to serve the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible gives us many verses in regards to this privilege of serving Jesus. Jesus said in verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. When you think of a king and it's his royalty, a king always has a lot of people surrounding him, does he not? And if you watch, we've watched different maybe movies and seen the depictions and we've seen pictures. You have a king and all of his majesty and beauty, but the king doesn't really ever go anywhere alone. He always has a full entourage of princes, people escorting him, and servants. And you know, even in our culture here in the United States, you know the president, once a person becomes a president, they never get the privilege to drive on the roads ever again. For the rest of their life, they are escorted on the highways. For the rest of their life. Now they can drive on a farm, they can drive on a, on a, not on a private road, but they're not allowed to operate a motor vehicle on the road. It's part of the law. They have protection around them for the rest of their life. Now the Lord Jesus has a, he is the king, and he wants us to be involved, and he wants us to be his servants who follow him, and wherever he is, he wants us to be along with him. And it's a privilege to serve Jesus and to, as we see in our picture, to help others Find the master. In our renewal conference, God's just going to encourage our hearts. He's going to strengthen our hearts together as we seek the Lord. Here's a couple of verses that will encourage us today. Psalms 100 and verse 2. I want us to see these verses and how this principle is outlined in Scripture, the, pri the privilege of serving Jesus. 
Psalms 100, verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Serve the Lord, he says, with... What's the word? Let's say it together. Gladness. Let's say it in a glad way. Serve the Lord. Let's say that phrase, serve the Lord with gladness. Ready, begin. Serve the Lord with gladness. All right, God wants us to serve him with gladness, and he wants to give us joy. We might have a trial we're going through, but he wants to give us triumph. He wants to give us joy. Joshua 24, verse 15. It says, and if it be seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's say that phrase together, but as for me and my house. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's a commitment to serve the Lord, the privilege of serving the Lord. Joshua said, by the way, you can serve the gods from where you came, you can serve the gods from where you're living, or you can serve the Lord. And each one of us has the same choice today. The gods in America are many. There's much that takes and steals our attention, but the Lord God wants us to worship Him and serve Him with all of our heart. And Joshua made that commitment. He says, you can do whatever you want to, but I challenge you, serve the Lord. Luke 16, verse 13. Look at what the text says there. Jesus speaking said, No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Jesus tells us no servant can serve two masters. If you try working two part-time jobs, there's a challenge, is there not? They sometimes collide. You try working for two different companies, they collide, and you're going you're to serve one, you're going to hate one, and you're going to love the other. And Jesus is saying, look, one is going to dominate, one's going to take control. You can't be uh, fully uh, submitted. One's going to ask for overtime, the other one might ask for overtime at the exact same time. You have to be committed to one. And he says when you're serving God, he says you can't serve God and mammon, anything else that comes between us and Christ. The privilege of serving Jesus. It's a privilege. The rest of the world serves mammon. They live for Friday. They live for whatever they can have. They live for the payments to have whatever they can have. But Jesus says, no, I want you to serve me. You can't serve God and serve money at the same time. Colossians 3, verse 24. Knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive, look at this promise, the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. Now, wherever you live and whatever is going on in your family, in your family dynamics, oftentimes, or occasionally we should say now in our culture, when somebody passes away, they pass on something of monetary value to their children. If you're reading in the devotional book with us, this week we read about there was a man who it took 30 years. In the Proverbs, words of the wise, it took 30 years for them to be able to settle the inheritance. He died a very, very wealthy man. He had a ton of money, but he had no living relatives. 
and he apparently had no will. All of a sudden, wills started surfacing everywhere, and he died, by the way, in a hotel room that he owned the entire hotel, but he lived in a hotel room and would not let anybody see his face. I mean, that's how he died. What a sad way to die. But everybody claimed, uh, a lot of people claimed they were, women would claim they were married to him by a secret marriage, and so they were entitled to have all of his wealth. There were people, and it took 30 years, in 2010. This is why, the, hey, the devotional book's really cool, okay? So if you haven't picked it up, pick it up again. There's some really neat stories in there. And this was this week, that story. I was like, wow, 30 years to settle the inheritance. 30 years, okay? Now, when you follow Jesus Christ, he says you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. Yes, there's the parable of the talents. And I believe that if we serve God and we honor God with our finances, God blesses the finances, obviously. But he's not just talking about money. He's talking about living in a way that pleases God. He says you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. When you serve Jesus Christ, you have the peace of God, the presence of God, the fellowship with God. And he says, for ye serve the Lord Christ. God provides the reward of the inheritance for each of his servants. That's a beautiful thing. And by the way, Jesus said in this passage, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Everyone is welcome to serve Jesus Christ. It's not just for the missionary or some deacon or some pastor. Everybody gets this privilege. Next, Psalms 2 verse 11. Serve the Lord with fear. And rejoice with trembling. You say those do not make any sense together. God's word has a way of putting opposites together. And he's saying you serve the Lord with fear. If you know your Bible, you know that in Proverbs it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Somebody's not wise unless they fear God. So he says rejoice with trembling. It's when we respect God for who he is and we see him for who he is. We have joy because we know him and because we're in fellowship with him. So serving the Lord, he says, serve him with fear. Here's one more verse, and Samuel challenges us with this. He says, if ye will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. I want you to notice these phrases in this, in this verse. He says, if ye serve him, if you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice, he says you're going to continue following your God. Look in verse 26. If any man, Jesus says in our text, if any man serve me, let him, what does he say? Mm. Serving and following. I want you to understand this morning, this principle is not just pulled out of one verse from Scripture, but the privilege of serving Jesus is taught throughout the entire Word of God. It is a privilege. If any man serve me, let him follow me. So in this privilege of serving Jesus Christ, the first thing we get as a privilege, we get to follow Jesus. We get to follow Jesus. What does it look like when we're following Jesus? Well, it's a quest of devotion. As the song says, perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior are happy and blessed. Watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising the Savior all the day long. Jesus says where he, where he is in verse 26. He says, where I am, there shall my servant be. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. 
This word serve, by definition, means to be a servant, an attendant. Somebody who waits upon one another. It means to minister to one. It's talking about like a waiter comes around. Now, when you go to a restaurant and the waiter or waitress kind of sits there and does their own thing, they have to check my water glass quite often because I empty it. And if it's soda, I empty it really fast, right? I mean, I paid two fifty for it. I'm going to drink the whole thing, and I'm going to get it refilled, right, multiple times. Sweet tea or something? I mean, it better be refilled multiple times. And I've a few times over the years, the waitress has not been able to keep up with me, okay? And uh, especially when I was younger, when I was these young guys' age, you know, I would just, I probably do six sodas at a dinner table, okay? Now, probably what, that's why I had a lot of digestive problems back then. But... Um, <laughs> They say that soda takes days, you know. But you serve, you're following Jesus, you're attending to him. And as the waitress, we expect them to bring the food in a timely manner, to remember. And whenever my wife's sitting down to eat, and she always likes to have ranch dip for whatever, even if it's French fries, she likes to have ranch, ranch strip dip. And you know what? It's always something that we ask for. So the food comes out, and then it's, uh, could you please bring some ranch? And if it takes five, ten minutes for the waitress to get back, sometimes the burger's done, the fries are done, and there's no ranch, okay? And it was a bad meal because we needed the ranch. So the principle with following Jesus Christ is we are attendant upon his wishes. We know what he desires, we want to serve him. We want to follow him. To minister, to supply the food necessities of life. It's one application of this word is that of women preparing food. And by the way, there's nothing, uh, we're not saying that, that only women can prepare food. But women, you do a better job often than we do. Um, there's a few men in the room who might be better cooks uh, than the women, but most of you women are the best cooks, I would say, right? And uh, I know in some homes the men, are the men are the primary cooks, but most homes the women are, okay? And they often do the preparation. Uh, to minister, to relieve one's necessities by collecting on behalf of somebody else, to provide, to take care of, to distribute the things necessary to sustain life. To minister, to serve, is, is talking about taking care of the poor and the sick to administer the office of a deacon, to attend to anything that may serve another's interests. So it's, we're, when we're serving the Lord, it's my life is about his life. So if we work a job, it's about working in a job, yes, to provide for a family, but ultimately because the, it's all God's, we want to work an extra job or we want to make extra income so that we can do more for the kingdom of God. And that's the goal in mind. The goal is, I want to do, I want God to bless this so that I can, in turn, give back to the one who created me. So, uh, it's a heart of ministering to serve another's interests. And to minister to one thing, to serve by supplying anything. And there's great honor to those who serve the Lord. The Bible tells us that he provides honor to them. And Jesus says in verse 26... Where I am, there will my servant be. And then he says, if any man serve me, him will my father, what does he say? Honor. Jesus says, I want you to serve me. And he says, I'll honor, honor you. I need somebody to help me this morning. I have an illustration up here. 
I got this from somebody who had a horse, all right? A nice, nice uh, rope. I'm not even sure what they used it for, but I have a purpose for it today, and uh, I need somebody to help lead me, and so I need somebody to guide me. Can I have a volunteer, somebody who'd be willing to come up? All right, Annika, come on. All right, Annika's going to come today, and I need somebody to lead me and to guide me, and to, uh, I need to, when you're the servant, you follow and you do what the master leads, okay? Come right up here on the platform, all right? Now, grab this rope that way, okay? Now, I'm holding on the rope, and uh, Annika, you just lead me around wherever, anywhere in the room, okay? You just lead me, all right? I have to follow, okay? I have to follow. Pull, okay, pull, all right? I have to follow, I have to follow, all right? Go walk around wherever you like, all right? And so when you're following, I wanted to go that way. Right? What do we have to do? Following Jesus. Okay? It involves us following. You like to go down that way maybe? And uh, get where there's a little more room? Okay? We walk around wherever you like. But go ahead. You pull it. Pull the rope. Okay? Make it so it's hard. Pull it faster. Pull faster. Okay? Okay? She's like, she doesn't want to make her pastor trip. Now, when you're following, you're no longer in charge. Problem with, with the, our relationship with Christ, often we take the reins back and we say, hang on, Lord, come over here. That's what we do with the Lord. We say, oh, by the way, Lord, um, I want to go here. Please bless it, Lord. Please bless it. Come, 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 Lord. This is what we do with the Lord. And the Lord says, no, go, the, go walk the opposite way, okay? And the Lord says, no, and you pull hard, okay? And the Lord says, I want you to follow. Who's winning in your life? Who's winning, all right? When, when the Lord is winning... Go ahead, you can go that way. You can keep going. When the Lord is winning, we keep moving towards him. We stay in pace with him. We keep the same distance. That's the principle. Following the Lord. Because we're not getting out on our own. Okay? And obviously, thank you so much, Annika. You may be seated. And thank you so much for your help. When we're following the Lord, we don't pick our own direction. We pick his direction. When's the last time you just said, Lord, would you reevaluate my life? Would you direct me? Would you guide me? I want to follow you. Jesus says, if any man serve me, let him follow me. Following Jesus. Following Jesus. He says, where I am, my servant shall be, he says. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. All right, next. When we follow Jesus and we are serving the Lord... We walk into the light. The text teaches us this. We walk in the light. Look, if you would, on in the text, down in verse 35. Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk will ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Will ye have the light, believe in the light, that ye may be children of the light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did what? You know, there's sometimes as pastor, I kind of have to hide myself. There were, there were sometimes, just to keep my mind ready for Sunday morning, um, there would be sometimes seasons in, in life where maybe right before the service I would get a lot of questions and I didn't know how to maybe answer them. And I've noticed over the years, sometimes there is wisdom in maybe just taking time to pray and 
maybe pulling aside the first few minutes before the service and taking time to pray and get the mind of God before I come in and lead the service and not being filled with the conversation of the day that may have come in. Part of serving the Lord is walking and hearing His voice. And Jesus spoke these words to them. He says, you have the light, believe in the light. Notice the faith involved there. Believe in the light. He says, well, you have it. That you may be children of the light. Believe in Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. Walking with Jesus will be a path of light. In the presence of Christ, I thank God it dispels the darkness. And I'd like you to see a little bit of an illustration with this. I need somebody to cut the lights in the room. Obviously, we'll still have the windows. But I want somebody, could one of you guys in the back, maybe Christian, would you cut all the lights on the back? Cut all those lights? And I need another volunteer this morning to help me with something, all right? Hey, it's not that bad. Still got some light in here. We have a light right here, all right? This light gets swallowed up really fast in the woods. But this is my hunting light. This morning, I went to find it. And it was dead. Got a quick zap charge on it, and it's so much better. When you walk in the light, and it auto turns off, how nice. And when you walk in the light, you can see where you're going. Jesus says he's the light of the world. I need somebody to be my volunteer. One of you younger kids. One of you kids? Okay. Can you raise your, one of the younger kids? Okay. Come on, Abigail. Okay. You're good. Or... Young man in the back, you want to come up? Okay, there you go. Caleb, all right, perfect. All right, great. Caleb, you got to have very specific instructions for you, all right? This is what you've got to do. You're going to walk in the light. Thanks, Caleb. I'm so glad that you're up here. All right, now what you're going to do, you're walking in the light. You've got to stay. You've got to follow the light. So wherever the light goes, you've got to go. You ready? You ready to move? Okay, here you go. Wherever the light goes, you've got to go. Where's the light? Now, this is not, we're not playing dog tricks, okay? But the picture is, now, where did the light go? Oh, wow. Where the Lord is, we want to be in it. And what do we want to be in the center of the light? Get right in the center of the light. So your shadow's right there. There you go. Be right in the light and follow along with the light. Follow the light to the word of God. See, the, the light leads us to the cross. And you're obviously not going to go back in there. But the light leads us to the cross. <laughs> It leads us to the cross of Jesus Christ. Now, one day you will, okay? <laughs> uh, but the light leads us to the cross. Now, follow the light to the word of God. Jesus says, you're no longer walking in darkness. Why? Where'd the light go, Caleb? You follow the path to the light. Thank you so much. You may be seated. We'll get the lights back on. Thank you so much. Follow the path to the light of God's word. There are other lights in the world today. Could somebody turn the lights back on? And uh, there are other lights in the world and those lights dim. Those lights distract. Uh, there are various people who think they have the light. Uh, there's even a Spanish church called Luz del Mundo. And they have a prophet that they believe is giving them some special revelation from God. And my friend, walking in the light means we're not living in darkness. You notice that in this room we have the lights turned on. It's bright. It's, that's, that's signifying this is a place where the presence of God is. This is a place where we're going to walk and meet with God. It is a bright place. It is a beautiful place. It is not a place of darkness. Walking in the light involves that we follow no longer the, the lies of men, but we follow the truth of the word of God. Look in John chapter 12 and verse 46. Jesus said, I am come a light into the world. 
that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Jesus did not say that we had to follow a certain person or a certain plan. He said we needed to follow him, Jesus Christ. He says, I'm come as a light into the world that whosoever, he says, believeth on me should what? Not abide in darkness. Would you say that last phrase together? Not abide in darkness. The world walks in darkness. You know, you come to know Jesus Christ, you come into the light. You come by faith into the light of the word of God. Other people claim to have a cutting edge on light. Other organizations claim to have a cutting edge on light. God's word is the light. And his word is where we ought to go. Next, 1 John 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the, what does it say? As he is in the, we have, what does it say? Fellowship, one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Fellowship does not mean that I just got my way. Fellowship doesn't mean you got your way. Fellowship means, if, we're, if, if you can't get along with the most spiritual Christians in your life, maybe you're not walking in the light. The challenge is we need to walk in the light. The light is the word of God, and it is Jesus Christ. It is following his word higher than anything else in our life, other than a person, other than a job, other than any plan, following Jesus Christ. We have fellowship, he says, one with another. And look at this promise, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, what does he say? Cleanseth us from all sin. God wants to wash the slate clean. He wants to clean your life. He wants to clean my life. And so he says we can walk in the light of God's word. Jesus says if we serve him, we're following him. And he says, by the way, I'm the light. Whosoever follows me is not in darkness anymore, he says. You're going to walk in the light. And when we walk in the light of God's word, here's another promise that we have here. Samuel said to the people, fear not. Ye have done all this wickedness. Man, they got in a lot of trouble. The nation had done wrong. He says, fear not. Yet turn not aside from following the Lord, but here's the return. Serve the Lord with what? Mm, divided devotion. Nothing else ought to take our devotion. It's easy once we serve the Lord... We've been serving the Lord for a number of years. Maybe you're serving at the church, helping with something. It's easy to feel like and to even replace our service for Christ with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says, serve the Lord with all your heart. It's easy to serve out of duty and not delight. He says, do it with all your heart. When the whole heart comes, there's this childlike eagerness. There's this childlike willingness. I will serve the Lord. So serving the Lord is a beautiful thing. It ought to draw us into a fellowship with him. It ought to draw us into this following of Jesus Christ. And now we're walking in the light. It's a privilege to serve Jesus Christ. And you know what? There's another part, a component of this. Death is essential to life. Death seems like a horrific thing. But without death of the seed, there is no life in the plant. Notice in verse 24, Jesus said, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, he says, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground. You understand this phrase, a corn of wheat. We don't live in an agrarian culture, which is why we've lost this phrase. This phrase was used 
in the 1600s, 1700s, 1800s, referring to any type of grain. Any type of grain. A corn of grain, it was referring to a kernel of any type of grain. So he's saying a kernel of grain. We understand what happens to grain. I think we're going to understand it even more with the rising cost of wheat and stuff. People are going to be planting a little bit more of their own types of things. I talked to my father-in-law. I said, I'm going to plant this and that. And he said, don't even try. <laughs> and he, you know, he said, don't even try. Unless you have the spray, it's not going to work. And he's probably right. And so I'm not going to try to plant everything that I was thinking of planting. But when you plant, you plant and you throw that seed in the ground. And as last year, we had little bags of seed we gave to everybody. And we took those bags of corn seed. Actually, to be exact, it was deer corn. And we planted it. I planted it. And one thing I found out about deer corn is it still grows. It's still gross. Did you know that, guys? It still grows. You can still plant that stuff. It grows if it's not crushed. And even though it was a couple, even if it's a couple years old, it can still grow. You say, well, it's past the expiration date. Read your Bible. Joseph gathered seed for seven years, and then they planted it off for the next number of years. That seed was, re was used. It was at least... Eight or nine, maybe ten years old when it was being used. And they still kept using that seed. And by the way, they kept grinding that grain. Expiration dates are made up. I like eating expired food. It tastes better. The price tastes better too. Just had to throw that in there. It's a little more dead. All right. <laughs> you know, death seems like a horrific thing. But without death, there's no life in the plant. We all must have a day where we died so that Jesus Christ could come to live within. For those who are going to get baptized next week, simple thing. When did you die? You're going to share with us next week. Hey, this is when I put my faith in Christ. It was a beautiful thing. I put my faith in Christ. I trusted him. That's when I died. I died to my own will and I lived for his will now. And baptism is a picture of that death. Like as one is baptized in the water... The picture is we're dead to our old life. We're going to live for Christ. Baptism does not save. It identifies what the decision has already been made in the heart. Now, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he said in verse 31, I die daily. When we're walking with Jesus, we must remember these words of Paul. I die daily. Look, there's a day when I died. September, I'm sorry, August of, uh, August 17th of 2000 is the day that I died. But... When I died to my will and put my faith in Jesus Christ. But since then, I've had to die, die many, many, many times. By the way, every time I will, stubborn will comes up, I had to die again. And you know what's the same true for you. And to the extent that a Christian has the power of God is to the extent that they die. To the extent that they allow God to mortify the deeds of the flesh that they might live in the spirit. Colossians chapter 3, he says, mortify the deeds of the flesh so you can live. The privilege of serving Jesus, it's, you know what, it's, it's not I'm just climbing the mountain for my own purpose. I'm not just getting to know God so I can feel better, but instead I'm going to turn around, I'm going to reach for the erring one, lift up the fall, and I'm going to bring somebody else along with me. I am, I am indebted to my Savior, and I'm going to follow like that rope. I'm going to follow wherever he leads. And instead of pulling back, if any man draw back, Jesus said, I have no pleasure with him. He said, if we deny him, he'll also deny us before his Father in heaven. The privilege of serving Jesus Christ is found in total abandonment. Will you abandon your plans today? And as in verse 25, 
Jesus said, He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. He that hateth his life in this world. Verse 25 of John chapter 12. He says, if you love your life, you're going to lose it. He says, if you hate it, you'll keep it. There's so much focus today by the doctors and the medical world on trying to preserve our life. But you know what? Jesus alone preserves life. He says, we hate this life in this world. We keep it unto the life eternal. We don't live for this world. We live for the world to come. My friend, Jesus is coming soon. He's going to come back. And we see what's happening in the Middle East. Simply a reminder, Jesus is coming soon. The Bible said all these nations are going to unite in the end times. So, you say, when is that going to happen? I don't know, but it's going to happen sometime soon. And so, when you see all these things happening, it causes us to say, you know what? I want to follow Jesus. I want to fear Jesus. I want to walk closer with Jesus Christ. And as we're thinking of the things coming up with our meetings, we're just simply seeking to walk with Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you, look, I know many of you have work. You have things that will hold you from possibly attending the meetings. I am not going to push you. You're welcome to come. When we heard the announcement that there was going to be a renewal conference, we all made our decision on whether we're going to come or not. We already made a decision. And so look, if God speaks to you about changing the decision you made, follow his voice. But let's let God direct us. And I'm not going to push you to say, you know, I've got to be there for... But look, I think we need every message. We need help from the Word of God. Yes, we will Facebook Live these services. We will do that so you can have the other option um, to, if you are working, to be able to listen or to be able to invite somebody to watch. But we're going to have a great privilege serving the Lord over the next few weeks together. Walking with Him, following Him. And stepping into the light. And as God's word is taught to us in greater ways. He says in verse 46. I am come as a light unto the world. That whosoever believeth in me should not abide in darkness. If any man hear my words and believe not. I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world but to save the world. He that rejecteth me Jesus says. And receiveth not my words. Hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. Jesus says, you know what? I am come to to shine and spread the light into your life. The light of God's word. And I thank God for the opportunity we have to know and to follow Jesus Christ. The opportunity we have to be renewed by his word. Let's ask God to help us to abandon our own plans to follow his word. We want to to bow together for prayer right now. We'll take a few moments together. And grab this little one so she doesn't fall off. And let's just take a few moments, and we're going to pray. We're going to stand together. Let's just stand and bow our heads before the Lord. And maybe just this morning, you would come forward and simply pray and ask God to help you to serve Him better. Maybe that's your prayer request today. And as the piano begins to play, would you just do that? Would you come forward and say, Lord, would you help me to serve you better? Lord, would you help me? And maybe you need to resurrender to him. Say, Lord, would you help me to die? And maybe you need to today put your faith in Jesus Christ. However God leads you, would you obey him this morning? Father, speak to our hearts. Help us to respond to your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. As the piano plays with our heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just take a moment, step out from where you are and come forward and say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me to serve you as I ought to. Lord, help me to follow you as I ought to. Lord, help me to please you as I ought to. Would you like to come join and pray this morning? Lord, help me to serve you. Help me to follow you, walking in the light. There's room for you.
Would you come and pray? Would you seek the Lord? Maybe would you find a place right there in your seat? Lord, speak to me. Lift your hands to the God that hears and sees. Lord, would you speak to me? Lord, would you help me today?